0: morning church my prayer for us is to is for us to continue to be faithful and obedient as we um, continue in this lockdown but let us keep on keeping on doing this in the grace of the lord jesus christ you know as i preach from the lounge in my home and as you listen from wherever you're listening, in, in your home. Let, let's continue to, to be faithful and let's continue to honour God through our, our obedience, all to his glory. Please turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 1. I'm going to continue with Nehemiah. Follow verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah. Now it happened in the month of Keslev, in the 20th As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayers of your servant that I now pray. Before you day and night, for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples, But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though our outcasts are in the uttermost parts of the heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. There they are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand, O Lord let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man now i was a cupbearer to the king let's pray father we thank you for another beautiful morning that we can come again to the sacred scriptures and allow your word, allow the Holy Spirit to work through the scriptures, to, to grow us, to mature us and to help us to examine our hearts so that we can see where we are in our prayer life. So give me wisdom, Father, as I continue in Nehemiah, as we look at our second thing, as we come to, to see if, if we are really praying. Father, help me to be clear now. Help us all to listen. Help us to have ears that want to hear the word so that we can be encouraged to really pray. Father, help me now. Please be merciful. Please be gracious. Be gracious to all of us. Thank you again. We can come before your word, and that we can hear what you have to say to our inner man, the eye of our heart. Have mercy upon us, Father. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, this morning, we're going to continue in Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. And and we're going to look at our seventh fact that caused Nehemiah to really pray. Last Sunday, we looked at our first fact, and that was Nehemiah asked questions. And we saw this in verses 1 to 4 of Nehemiah chapter 1. And, And because he asked questions, this caused him to really pray. Now, after hearing this first fact last Sunday, were you stirred up to really pray? I want you to read a quote. Listen to a quote by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. This is what he says. When a man is speaking to God, he is at his very acme. It is the highest activity of the human soul. And therefore, it is at the same time the ultimate test of a man's true spiritual condition. There is nothing that tells the truth about us as Christian people so much as our prayer life. Everything we do in the Christian life is easier than prayer. Everything we do in the Christian life is easier than prayer. Did, did, did we hear that? And and I pray that we will learn to pray. We must learn to pray. we we must do this we have to because prayer really prayer is not not easy prayer requires discipline and if we lack self-discipline and self-control we're not really going to pray so i challenge us to to learn to pray but are we really praying do we find ourselves like i said last week do we find ourselves talking more about the problems in our country More about the problems than actually praying to God about them. I mean, there's all kinds of problems we hear in the news. I mean, in the past, we've had corrupt politicians, poor leadership, people now like not obeying lockdown laws. There's complaints about food parcels. Um, And then there's other news that continues. There's the rape, the murder, there's corruption, there's theft, there's fraud. And then we continue to hear news about the church. There's false teaching. There's bizarre behavior in the church, that goes on. There's the there's prosperity teaching, and then of course we've got, like I've said, COVID nineteen on top of all of this. And and when we hear about these things, do we talk more about it, or do we actually spend time really praying? And I and I mentioned James, and James in the book of James wrote, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly. He really prayed that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. See, Elijah was just an ordinary man like us, but he really prayed. And look how God heard him and did according to his prayer. Now, God is not always going to do according to our prayer. We need to wait patiently on him to answer our prayers. But the fact is that Elijah went and spoke to God. He talked to God. And we too can talk to God because we are clothed in Christ's righteousness. And God hears our prayers. He hears us. He listens to us. Because we have, like I've said, we've had a a faithful mediator, Christ Jesus, the man who mediates between us and god he is our faithful mediator and knowing this should really drive us to our knees to really pray and the same god that heard elijah is the same god that hears our prayers and helps us in his time and it's the same god that heard nehemiah and helped nehemiah in his time why because nehemiah prayed with an upright heart he prayed with a righteous heart and he prayed not for selfish gain. He prayed with the concern and the welfare of Jerusalem. James says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And this is not Nehemiah. He did not pray for self gain. He did not pray to make a name for himself that so he could boast. Look what I've done for Jerusalem. no, There was no selfish gain in his prayer and in what he wanted to do. He did it for the love of God and he did it for the welfare of the people living in Jerusalem. So this morning we're going to continue to look at our our, our second fact that we can see in Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 4 to 11 that caused Nehemiah to really pray. And hopefully this will encourage us and hopefully teach us that we will learn to really pray. But before we move into our second fact, let's just recap our first fact. And the first fact was that Nehemiah asked questions. And because he asked questions, this caused him, this this stirred him up to to really pray. Listen as I read from verse 2. And verse 2, And I asked them, that's Hanani, one of my brothers, and certain men, they came back from Judah. And verse 2, And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. Now, like I've said, if we really want to pray, we need to find ourselves in situations where we can ask questions. Nehemiah is just this ordinary Jewish man, just like we are ordinary Christians, men and women. He's a cupbearer of the king, and a cupbearer is someone who tests the the, the king's wine. He tastes the king's wine to see if it's not poisoned. And obviously, if it's poisoned, he he dies. But we know that God put him there. God, in His sovereign will and purpose, put Nehemiah in Susa to be the king's cupbearer. Scripture says, "Our God works all things according to the counsel of His will, and He put Nehemiah there as His holy instrument to use him for His glory to go back to Jerusalem." And prepare the walls and the gates. Just like he put Joseph in Egypt. And just like he put Daniel in Babylon. All for his glory and all for his purpose. So will we... Will we ask questions like Nehemiah? And it's in the month of Keslev that Nehemiah, this ordinary man, asks Hanani and some people about the Jews who survived the exile. And look what Nehemiah does in verse 4. Once he's asked questions, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Nehemiah prayed. He he needed to pray. We need to pray to the true living God, who is sovereign over everything. Nehemiah knows that God is the true living God, and that he is sovereign over everything including what's going on in Jerusalem. And we should know that God is sovereign over everything, including what's going on here in South Africa, in Robertson, in the world. But if we're not asking questions, if we're not listening to the news, if we're not meeting with church friends when we are able to and and talking to them, asking them questions, then can we really pray? Can we pray intelligently? And then I just remember I just mentioned Jesus. As Jesus approached Jerusalem at the end of his ministry, he saw the city and what did he do? He wept. He saw that there were sheep without a shepherd. And he knew that that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed eventually and which took place. And it did in AD 70. But Jesus didn't have to ask questions because he knew and he saw what went outwardly and inwardly in the hearts of the people. Jesus didn't sit at home and do nothing. Jesus went out and he socialized and he, and he met people and he, and he proclaimed the gospel. He proclaimed the kingdom. He preached the kingdom, the message about the kingdom. He knew what to say because he was out there socializing with his fellow people. And if we're not out there, and how are we going to really pray? How do we know what really goes on in our community and in our churches? I think back of the Apostle Paul, who, whose who's, who's life was also a man of prayer. He, he really prayed. He served the Lord Jesus with all humility and tears. Go and read his letters and you'll see there how much of his life was spent in praying for the, for the church to grow and mature in the grace of knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, to grow in real knowledge and love and discernment and to keep doing the will of of our God. But do we really pray? If we're asking questions, we can really pray. But then are we really praying once we've asked the questions? So this first fact that we looked at in chapter 1 verses 1 to 4 that caused Nehemiah to really pray, he asked questions are we going to do that? Are we going to go out there and ask questions and then learn to pray, to really pray? The second fact that I would like to look at now that caused Nehemiah to really pray is found in verses forty eleven of Nehemiah chapter 1. And it's very simple. It tells us that Nehemiah really prayed. But what caused him to really Pray. What caused him to 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 sit down and weep and mourn for days and fast and and pray before the true living God? What 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 caused him to do this? I just think of one word: love. He loved. He loved God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and he loved his neighbor as himself and was the love for god and the love for people that caused him to pray to really pray and we know about the good samaritan the, the 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 person the man comes to to jesus if we just look at luke 10 quickly luke 10 Then behold, the lawyer stood up and put Jesus to the test and asked him the question. He said to him, what is written in the law? How do we read it? And then Jesus answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And then, of course, he asked the question, well, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan, all about This man showing love and compassion to someone he did not know. And at the end, Jesus asked him, Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. We are commanded to love. And and praying for others is a visible indication that we love. If we we don't love them, we cannot really pray. We will not ask people questions. And then we will not really pray for them. Or or look at the news and then really pray what's going on in our country. To pray shows we love people, we love God, and we love our neighbors. So will we ask questions to really pray? Nehemiah really prayed. And it's obvious that Nehemiah loved Jerusalem and the people living in it. He cared for them and was concerned for them because he asked about them, which led him to fast and pray and weep. The beautiful thing about the book of Nehemiah is that Nehemiah opened in prayer and in the last chapter, it closes in prayer. And I think of our lives. When we wake up in the morning, we should start the day in prayer. And when we go to bed at night, we should close the day in prayer alive should be a book of nehemiah starting in prayer ending in prayer but if we don't if we don't love south africa and we don't love the people living in it and we don't care about south africa and we don't and don't care about the people living in it and we don't care about what's going on in south africa and i'm talking about it as as christians then 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 we're not really going to pray If we don't have a love for people in our own church, Robertson Reformed Community Church, if we don't have a love for people in our church, if we don't care for the people in our church, then we're not really going to pray. And that's a visible indication that we we don't love. And it's very difficult to really pray if we don't love. love. Love starts with everything. It's the first fruit of the Spirit, and we need to cultivate this love so that we can really pray. And show a love for people. And Nehemiah loved God and he prayed to God and he because he depended completely on God to help him to know what to do for God to help him accomplish the work that he was going to do. It was going to be a a monumental task for a man to go to Jerusalem and then get a people to rally around him and do the work of rebuilding some walls. And fixing some gates and he needed God and we, we we come to church and we and we come to church to worship God in spirit and truth in the mornings because we know that our God is worthy to be praised our God can 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 help us because he's big enough he's the all-powerful almighty God to help us to, to help us handle the challenges we face And He will help us. He is a merciful God. But as long as we go to Him and cry, out, "Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed Your name," and we do this, we cry out to our Father who is in heaven because He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be revered. Revelation four eleven um, says this. Revelation four. 11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Our God is worthy to be called upon for help. Is worthy to be praised and worthy to be prayed to. But do we do this? We need to call upon our Heavenly Father. We need to revere Him. Because he's a great God. And when we call upon him, we need great wisdom. We need, we need great power. We need great goodness and great, and great mercy to come from our God to help us. We recognize that we're too weak to do anything for God. But if we, if we don't recognize that we are, are weak, we're not going to lift our eyes up to the heavens where Christ is seated and cry out to him for help. We're not going to really pray. But until we recognize that we are weak and we need to be strong in his grace, which we can, then we're not going to be people of prayer. Nehemiah had great faith. He walked by faith and not by sight. His trust and his eyes were fixed on His his created God. He knew that his God was great. But he had no idea that his God would come through for him. He had no idea that his God would allow him to go. But he put his faith and trust in God. And he prayed to God. He knew scripture. He knew that the kin's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs it like a watercourse wherever he pleases. Nehemiah knows that God makes nations great and he destroys them. He enlarges nations and leads them away. He knows that dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. He knows that God providentially controls everything. The heart of the kin and what goes on in the nations. He doesn't always have to know what is God trying to do through this. He doesn't have to always go and try to work God out. Because he knows the secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. That's all we have to know what's going on in this world at the moment with COVID-19. We don't have to work God out or try, God is doing this or God is doing that. We just know that the secret things belong to him. And we all, what we need to know is continue to walk humbly with him, trust him and and be obedient to our calling. Walk out our our calling in a worthy manner of the gospel and bear fruit for for every good work we do. Just keep glorifying and honoring God. We don't need to know what's going on. We cannot work it out. Let us us do what Paul commands us to do in in 1 Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 2. In 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, then I urge that supplication, prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made to all people. For kins and all you are in a high position, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Saviour. That we, that we are crying out to Him in prayer. That we are really praying. Paul tells us not to, it's, it's to pray without ceasing. Continue praying. Like I said, we should wake up praying and go to bed praying. And during the day, we should, be, we should be praying. We should be praying because our God is sovereign over creation. He's sovereign over everything in this world. He causes it to rain and He causes the grass to grow. He causes the good and the bad things to happen in the world. Lamentation says, it is, not, is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad come? God is sovereign over all aspects of our lives. All our actions are under God's providential care. For in Him we live and move. We do not have an excuse not to pray. We should be. We should be really praying. One thing we we should know. That God loves us. And he allows all things to work together for good. Of those who are called according to his purpose. That's what we should really know during this time. But Nehemiah, he had confidence in his great God. Do we have confidence in in our great God? Do we have confidence in, in God's goodness? In his attributes, his goodness, his kindness, his infinite wisdom. In his faithfulness. Or do we have confidence in God? In the God who is God, the creator God of the universe, the true living God, like Nehemiah had. Nehemiah prays to God who keeps his word. We see that in verse 5. Nehemiah confesses his sin and the sin of the Jewish people. We see that in verses 6 to 9. Nehemiah closes his prayer with an expression of confidence. We see that in verses 10 to 11 of Nehemiah chapter 1. We see a man that that is saturated with scripture. That is, that knows his God and prays intelligently back to his God. It's it's kind of what we all should be doing, praying according to God's will. Make sure our prayers are in line with God's will and what God wants for us and his people. Nehemiah's heart was, was filled with God's love. It's God's love that compelled him to pray such a prayer on behalf of the Israelites. Are we praying on behalf of Robertson Reformed Community Church, the people in it? Are we praying about our country, what's going on in our country? Because if we love God enough, we, we will revere his name. We will honor his name through prayer. And we will be like those servants who delight to fear God's name. Are we fearing God's name? Are we revering God's name in prayer? Folks, we cannot fool God. He sees our hearts. He knows what's going on in our hearts. He's the all knowing all-powerful, all-seeing, all-wise, all-loving, all-caring God. And, 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 and most of the time we do spend time in prayer, but, it, but it's, it's not getting God's will done on, on in, in, in heaven. It's about getting our will done on earth. Our prayer life always seems to be about our souls rather than getting God's will done in heaven. Rather than, than focus on God's will done on, on, on earth as it is in heaven. See, real love for people keeps our hearts and our heads in balance. It stops us from, from becoming impatient, running ahead and, and ruining everything. We need to just wait on the Lord in lockdown. We need to be patient. We need to call people that are impatient, even if they're not Christians, to help them just remain patient. This is a great opportunity for us to witness to people. A great opportunity to point people to the true living God, to Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We must wait on the Lord and we must must grow in our patience. And if we wait on the Lord, then God can work in our hearts and he can strengthen our hearts. I mean, when I, mean, I think of Nehemiah, he started his praying in the month of Keslev, And four months later, in the month of Nisan, God answered his prayer. God, God stirred up the king's heart to say, yes, you may go. And yes, I will send you with letters. See, he waited on God so God could guide him to tell him what to do. When to do it and how to do it. And that's what we miss out when we run ahead and we ruin things. And and Nehemiah, what would he have done in those four months? He would have waited on God patiently. He would have known from Psalm 27 verse 14, Wait for the Lord, be strong. Wait for the Lord, for the Lord is strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And we should do the same while we wait on God to answer our prayers. And too often we plan our projects and then we ask God to bless them. We we expect God to just bless our ministry, bless our church, grow our church numerically, financially, and, and spiritually. No, we need to wait on God to do these things because He does it in His time. And when He does it, well, then it's God doing it and not man. But we need to be patient. We need to we need to spend time like Nehemiah I mean just sit down and we should weep and pray like he did when he heard about Jerusalem and the people living there and the beautiful thing is when you are praying for things you sometimes are the person that is stirred up to go and do something about it not to say well church, what are you doing about it or 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 Christian on the left or on the right, what are you doing about it? No, God stirs up your heart and your heart alone to maybe do something about it. But there's a lot of times we grumble, we complain, and we say, what is the church doing in this situation? Well, the church is doing one thing in the situation. If what church, thing, church is doing exactly what God calls us to do. If I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. The church in this situation should just keep preaching the gospel to the congregation, to the people in their churches, to keep them to remain faithful, to fix their eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith, so they continue to be obedient and faithful, so they can serve God through this and help people in need. But there's a lot of times when there, when there is a project for us to do, we will sometimes say, Lord You know what? I'm not adequate for this. Lord, um, I'm not equipped to do this. Send that person. We always got excuses. We always argue that uh, I'm not not the person for the job. I'm too shy. Uh, I'm too insecure. Uh, uh, I'm this, I'm that. And we miss out on God actually growing us and maturing us through that experience that He calls us. He grows us and matures us, not by sitting behind the word and reading it and praying, but when we take that and we become doers of it in the lives of people, because our patience is tested, our kindness is tested, our love is tested, our joy is tested. God wants to take us as we are, and he wants us to be involved in the lives of people. Are we really praying? Are we, are we praying? And all of this started. We know, read the rest of Nehemiah. We know he went off to Jerusalem. And we know he accomplished the work in a record time of 53 days. But there are a lot of opposition. A lot of opposition comes his way. But look what he does when opposition comes his way. He prays. He seeks God's help. And he uses common sense that God has given him to work through the struggles. But he keeps on with the work for the glory of God doesn't quit let us not quit in lockdown let us keep our eyes fixed on jesus christ let us keep our eyes fixed on the things above where christ is seated not on the things on earth so we can continue to be people that really pray so will we take the second fact that we can learn from nehemiah who really prayed will we allow the love of christ to compel us to really pray these two facts that we've just looked at this morning, or the first fact we looked at last Sunday, and the second fact we looked at this morning from Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. The first fact is Nehemiah, he asked questions. The second fact is he really prayed. Will we be encouraged? Will we learn to pray? Knowing that prayer is hard. But the beautiful thing is, when things are hard, that's when we go to God. And we look to Jesus for his grace to help us, which is sufficient. The praying and preaching is not to put a guilt trip on anybody. It's to convict you of what what you're not doing and what you should be doing. And then you go to God and you cry out to him, God, I need your help. I need your grace. I need you to to help me. So look to the cross if you're struggling to really pray. Look to the cross cross there, there christ jesus died to reconcile us to his father to put his spirit in us to put his love in us there there god poured out his love into our hearts especially when we believe he poured out his love into our hearts to the work of the holy spirit who lives in us to do nothing just to sit around and, and grumble and complain or to, to just to shoot up prayers selfish prayers self-centered prayers for selfish gain No, he he saved us and he put his spirit in us to to be zealous for good works, to to, to pray, which leads to good works. Like Nehemiah started in prayer and look where it led. He bore fruit for the glory of God in Jerusalem. It led to zealous works and good works. And we we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand for us to walk in them, not for us to sit around. For us to be proactive and to be active, to bear fruit, to be the salt and light. What's going on in our world? We are saved to really pray. Are we finding ourselves in this position, in lockdown? Are we really praying? Do we really pray? Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you that we can come to your word and that we can be exhorted by your word, challenged, we can be rebuked, we can be corrected, we can be taught and we can be trained in righteousness so that we can be adequately equipped for every good work out there. And that, that includes praying and then offering our lives sacrificially to help and serve. Father, please be merciful to me, be merciful to all of us, but forgive us, Father, for we don't find ourselves really praying. And if we don't, Father, then I ask you to forgive us like I just did. Be merciful to us. Give us all the wisdom to get down on our knees, to confess, and then ask you to help us for the grace that we need to go out there when we are allowed to, to ask questions and then to really pray. Father, please be merciful to each one of us. Help us to be bold and strong and courageous for you, Father, all for the glory and for the sake of your Son's name. Help us to really pray. Pray in us this all In Jesus' name, Amen. So I'm going to close with a benediction from from actually from Titus. I was going to go to, to Numbers, but I'd like just to close with, with, but not really a benediction, but a passage of Scripture. Listen as I read. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people Amen.